Welcome to today's episode. I'm so happy and so honored to have you all here. Today we have a super special guest. We are in the full moon of Pisces, which is amazing. I am so, so, so honored to introduce to you all Christina Bertelli. She is a clinical herbalist and also a feminine ecology mentor. And today we are going to be talking all about yoni and vaginal health and yoni steaming and the benefits of such and uh, whatever other lovely little morsels decide to come through during this super feminine time. So I would just love to welcome you, Christina. Please tell us how you're doing. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, coming in with some power on this full moon. I'm happy to be here. Really looking forward to the unfolding of this dialogue and and sharing it with women um yeah it feels potent it's a big day we were just saying that before we started recording it's a big day lots of energy and i am not an astrologer or super on the up and up but i thought it was the virgo <laughs> but it is not you said it is which sign is Pisces. it Pisces. 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 Yeah. beautiful Pisces. and that's great too cool so like mm-hmm. underworld energy and what else mm-hmm. can you tell me about uh, the two fish it's the two fish so it's still very uh fluid from what i understand i don't know a whole bunch about it i just got an email notification saying there was a full moon pisces meditation i was like oh maybe i might want to check that out yeah great oh, yeah, yeah i love how the, the moons offer us like and energy and sometimes we really feel it sometimes it feels like a suggestion to to tap into that energy but um, mm-hmm. I like I like the way that astrology is becoming more prominent and alive and a um, an access to like oracles and wisdom keepers of of the stars and interestingly we were once herbalists and astrologers were once the same studying both the activities above um, um, as well as the plants on our earth and how they interacted. That was just like a part of doing herbalism was doing astrology and really? Yes. I didn't know that. That's so cool. Right. So we have influences upon us based on the cosmos and the activity up in the sky. And likewise, there's, there's an influence upon the plants. And so that would look like, understanding what uh the what what the plants were influenced by primarily or just like what was happening at that time i'm just kind of supposing how it worked um and then uniting kind of the human and their propensities and their astrological sign with formulas that matched oh cool oh my gosh i love this i love how things are um so deeply connected and so deeply interwoven and you know, beyond most, most consciousness, you know, everything is consciousness. As far as I understand, everything is energy and consciousness. And the two are just married in this most beautiful relationship and understanding and dissecting that I think is really powerful and also very important to our nature as beings. Yes. Yes. It's fascinating. And the consciousness like elementally is very much an air element. You know, this is like how we think and how we can create and manifest with our thoughts. And again, we're really tuning into that now. And from what I have gleaned from other astrologers who speak to it, this is the age of Aquarius, which is an, age, which is an air sign. And so moving into this age kind of fits with 
our new obsession with like manifestation and mindset and you know <laughs> and not that those things are new but they're growing and um in the universality and attention is getting both focused upon them so that's pretty cool <laughs> yeah very very cool well i would love for you to share how did you get into becoming a clinical herbalist and what inspired you to become a feminine ecology mentor yeah sure Okay, so much story there, but let's hone it in. <laughs> so um, I got into herbalism many years ago because I was having digestive problems that were like intolerable to me. I wasn't, I wasn't able to move on and carry on with my life until I addressed them, and my doctor wasn't much help. Gave me a pill and said, that's all we can do. And um, the diet didn't matter, and I was sure that she was wrong. <laughs> so <laughs> it didn't work, and I just attempt, I decided to explore herbal medicine and alternative healing. And then, you know, within a couple months, I was enrolled in a clinical herbalism program in Boulder, Colorado, just knowing that that was my direction for certain for myself. But I was inspired to to do this work in my life, um, and it hasn't changed since then. <laughs> so <laughs> I, I moved from the Asheville area out to to Boulder, Colorado in 2004, and I attended a, a wonderful school with a teacher named Paul Bergner, who is hugely influential in terms of how I do herbalism and see holistic healing. And then that kind of, after graduation, I began working at a amazing herbal shop in Denver, Colorado called Apothecary Tinctura. It still exists. And it was a beautiful beautiful opportunity as an herbalist doing a lot of customized formulations there and interacting with the public like just every day and getting hands-on experience with applying everything that I learned in school yeah it was a joy um, and then at that shop it was a opportunity to get exposed to a lot of fertility work and part of the big focus of the modality that they that they did there in in addition to herbalism was my abdominal massage and womb healing and mm. shamanic work. And I was just observer at that point, but really keyed into how potent it was. Let's see. I also attended a workshop with a wonderful teacher and it was a community workshop on my abdominal healing. And I remember how potent the resonance was. It was like, I felt a remembering in myself and I just remember started crying like I'm like I know this work <laughs> I'm here again and it was confusing but assuring and just like okay this is this is what I'm doing <laughs> wow <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh yeah so um with with a massage uh coupled with that work includes yoni steaming mm. so this was a course and so there was just kind of touched on all the things like the yoni steams the castor oils massage the spiritual healing and all of that was just like speaking to my soul and then within a relatively short period of time after that I had a personal experience and that was a, a pregnancy loss that um was something that I knew I wanted support beyond just the standard like mm -hmm. go home rest maybe take these antibiotics just in case when I had to go back a lot and get my blood drawn. So it was very like clinical medical follow-up, but um, not much care. And I knew I, I knew my body 
needed more care and there was more out there. So I applied what I had learned, did some castor oil packs and I felt like I was um, at an advantage knowing the little bit that I knew as an herbalist and, and did a lot of self-care um, from my training. And I just wanted to know more. Like I just, I knew enough and then I wanted to know so much more. So from that, I began an apprenticeship with this teacher that I was with where I had that great resonance. Her name's Ann Drucker. And we did work with all of those modalities, the yoni steaming and the abdominal massage. And the steam is a preparation to soften the ligaments of the pelvic bowl. As you sit over it, it creates like a sauna for this whole area to relax and release. And then we move into the table work and the body, the body work to further help relax those tensions that we hold, which to me, a long story short, so it's basically the uterus getting out of position and we move it back into place. And so when there's tension, we sometimes are often holding that uterus out of place in the tension of the ligaments. Yeah. And so um, the massage and the steam helps to soften everything and then move the uterus back to the central position where it needs to be to function properly. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's my long journey essentially through my own health challenges that I felt like there could be a deeper level of support and more complete level of support than what I was getting in the mainstream medical system. So it inspired me to go further and go holistic and natural. Oh, wow. I just want to name and acknowledge, you know, the courage that it takes to share those parts of our stories because they can be very painful uh, to revisit those. I, I myself have experienced uh, miscarriage. I didn't know I was pregnant at the time and I freaked out when I found out because I was like, what do you mean this is happening? Like, I, I can't do this. And, you know, I just sort of denied that anything had gone on and then just um, a couple of years ago it started to sort of resurface and I was like what is this you know and I agree there's just such a lack of support and understanding for women who experience infertility which is something that I have been experiencing for the last three and a half years Um, I just had my first ovulation uh, last year and it, it had been like over over three years where I'd had no ovulation at all, which could be from, you know, destroying my body doing bodybuilding competitions. I don't know, (laughs) you know, having really super low body fat for extended periods of time and overtraining and all that kind of stuff. But I just want to name that. I think it's just so powerful to share, to share those pieces because there are so many people that can relate to that, to that. And I mean, I myself, you know, have worked with many women who have had full term, losses and you know it's it's devastating and there's just not enough knowledge about it and not enough support so I feel like what you are doing and what you are creating and what you are offering for people is so important and it's so needed like the next time you're doing your yoni steam workshop I'm going to be there I don't care what I need to do to get there I need to be there because I'm like I want to experience that deep nourishing healing that I just I just feel that every time, you know, I look at your, your content and connect with you, I'm just like, oh, I'm like, I can't wait for this. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. Feeling you on that and the, the draw to, to the ritual and the spiritual healing. Yeah. The pregnancy loss and miscarriage and um, abortion as well. There's so much stigma and 
in incomplete support in in our society I think in general mm-hmm. and it's just a tragedy that's hard to discuss and I think it's like confusing grief especially just where you know like yours you didn't know initially that you're pregnant so then you have to process the information and the uh, like reality of that that you were pregnant as well as the loss of the pregnancy and that's just a unique uh, set of downloads <laughs> and yeah. and then you know who who do you talk to and do you do you talk to medical people do you talk to a spiritual advisor and it's it's a lot and then then you're just trying to maintain your life and just keep going so a lot of times we don't get what we need and it can come up later if it if it isn't dealt with in, in that time but it always feels like you know it's, it comes up at the right time when you do have the space um, but this really speaks to the way I see our our needs spiritually and physically kind of unite as one. And we can kind of tease them apart, apart to understand them, but they're really they're really joined together. And when we can honor and create space for our spiritual side and create a sacred energy and container for what we've been through emotionally, it really shows up physically in our bodies and bringing health and wellness to our bodies. Um, It's not just about like taking the vitamin. I'm being holistic and healthy. (laughs) But (laughs) making space for my feelings. It's just like more broad. And it is a lot of like cultural unlearning to to create a self-care routine that's just for us and to do it consistently. Mm -hmm. So that's a big a big ask and a big get to do when someone takes on the practice of yoni steaming, you know, if they attend a workshop and then want to bring it into their life on a regular basis, it means creating a container to, to set up the time and set up the steam in that space and say, please let me be for a half an hour in this corner of the house, close the door and please don't bother me. And that can be hard. Mm-hmm. That can sound, maybe it doesn't sound that hard and then it's hard in, in theory, but applications, like, well, haven't done that. Been meaning to do that for a year. Haven't done that yet. <laughs> yeah. And I understand because I face that too. It's like, huh, get, get, get that steam on. Like, that's what I need. You know, and so that's a big part of it. Our worlds are not set up for ritual regularly. Um, so we have to call it in, call in that and claim that part of of our lives, of our, of our wellness. It is certainly a very masculine system, the way the world operates right now. And I think it's so interesting to see how the moon reminds us, you know, every, what is it, 28 days or something, she, she comes back around full or something, like she goes through her own cycle. And I think it's really interesting, you know, that we constantly have this reminder, like this visual reminder you know, except for in the new moon. And yet we still, our, our society just doesn't seem to have that, I don't know if it's clarity or just that connection. You know, I don't feel like it's talked about enough. I, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like people know enough about it. And I think because it's not a doctor, you know, a, a regular medical doctor prescribing it, people kind of get freaked out and they think, oh, you know, I don't, I don't want to go down that road and it can be scary, but I can attest that, you know, I've worked with naturopathic doctors now for four and a half years and it's been the best 
the best experiences of my life because not only do they, you know, look at the, the physical symptoms of a person and what they're experiencing, they also look at the mental, the emotional and the spiritual components because we are more than just flesh and bones. We are, you know, we are energy, we are consciousness, we are spirit, we are, we are all these things. And we're like this divine masculine and this divine feminine and, you know, how we incarnate either divinely masculine or divinely feminine. I think it's, it's all relative. And I'm so curious, your Yoni themes that you, you mentioned, what are some of the health benefits of doing Yoni steaming? And are there ways that people can do this at home? Is it something that they need to, you know, take some courses on? What do you recommend? It's interesting the things that you've said here. Um, let's see. Natural medicine has always been kind of questioned. Um, I wonder, you know, how far back that goes. Ever since there was a split between the like pharmaceutical style, which we might say like reductionist, um, kind of breaking it down to like physiological and chemical reactions between like a drug and a human, there's a split with that and more like indigenous and holistic herbal practices. Yeah, it's always been questioned and really what it takes, I think, is to experience the work, like you've experienced great benefit by working with a naturopath. And it takes the courage to be curious to move outside of the mainstream paradigm and explore something. And then you really learn in your body what happens. And then you get to decide, like, wow, my periods are so much more um, easy to experience, so much more fluid, less cramping. You can define that this is helping you. And, and that creates a clarity and an interest to continue and learn. And there's a level of complete simplicity of this, this medicine, of this strategy, and then the level of more um, nuance and an opportunity to really get scientific or clinical on how to do it precisely to get the results that you want medically or physically, mm -hmm. I should say. So I don't know if that makes sense, but, you know, this practice is one of the most ancient and original kinds of herbal practices that humans started doing as the human and plant interaction once began many years ago. There was, um, and this was actually a teacher of mine who did some studies and research in the Library of Congress, and they've identified that the first human-plant interactions were tea, so herbal teas, um, herbal baths, and women squatting over pots of boiling herbs. So it's very original, very OG, very... <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it's not new, like, we think of it, we've heard of it more in popularity since about 2014, um, since the media got wind of um, Gwyneth Paltrow talking about it, but We've been doing this and all over the world, which is really cool too. It's not just you need to mine healers, um, which is the lineage through which I learned about it. We've seen it um, alive and well in Korean culture, um, Chinese medicine as well. And um, we see documentation on Egyptian papyrus, papyrus showing the daily honoring of the sacred feminine with the use of myrrh 
myrrh resin as an offering, as an offering to this portal of creation. Mm. So there's certainly benefits medicinally of myrrh and the the nature of the practice was prayer. Benefits are kind of far and wide. Um, it's it's really wonderful for stagnation primarily, and stagnation can be um, basically what a woman might experience is brown blood, brown or dark, 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 colored red, and also cramping. So we might not see the color of the blood because we of the style of catching the blood. Maybe it's um, a tampon and you throw it away and you can't quite tell. You can't quite notice or you might not want to look at your blood is the big one. And then what's hard not to notice is severe cramping and pain. And so that pain is the uterus trying to address the issue of stagnant blood. Maybe last month's blood, trying to move that out. And it's not effectively doing the elimination of the intrauterine lining. And there's certainly nutritional and hormonal aspects to the, the smooth flow of, of that tissue getting released. Absolutely. And that can be worked on with a specific herbs. This is where it can get kind of clinical and technical. What kind of herbs do you use? Um, and what part of the cycle? But just like on a real basic level, you know, steaming is going to introduce heat, warmth, and the constituents of the herbs that we use usually increase circulation. So you're helping to bring circulation to this pelvic bowl, which typically gets a lot of stagnant energy because we sit a lot because mm-hmm. we are just not moving as much as we should <laughs> <laughs> i agree um but we can also we can do dance belly dance was a full practice to help with circulation and womb wellness for fertility mm. and pregnancy and you can tell in the movements that it's helping to even even just like the deep ligaments that get tight like I was mentioning earlier, the whole uterus into the central position, it, it looks like this beautiful, fun dance, but it's also really medicinal. That will help just lots of activity and using the leg to feel like so walking and running. Yoga, these things really help. Um, and so would steam. So stagnation can show up physically, like I said, with cramping, with brown blood, and then over time, this can lead to endometriosis. So again, there's hormonal aspects to this as well, kind of compounding it. But also pain that's really specific on the vulva, so like vulvar vestibulitis, so early stages or um, propensity to infections. You can use steaming in a gentle way to help reduce and minimize the growth of pathogenic bacteria. Do you mean like candida, like yeast? candida. And bacterial vaginosis. So I, I I often caution my clients with the use of steaming for candida specifically, um, but also the other infections. If they're really um, acute and present, then it will not feel good to steam because you've got something hot, inflamed, and painful, and then you're mm-hmm. injecting steam, and you don't have to sit on that steam pot. <laughs> you have it. Yeah. <laughs> But if you're having, if you're one of those people that has them intermittently and you're in between infection, you can use this strategy to 
support keeping the ecology in balance and preventing that infection from coming back. So you want to be careful there. Therein, you might want to, like, that would be an example where you might want to work with a practitioner like myself. And there are lots of people um, learning steaming as a modality that they teach. So you can do that. Um, and then just going back to, like, the basics, you know, recognizing that women just did this with pots of boiling water. It's really simple. You want to always check the water. I recommend checking with the forearm um, to be sure that the heat is not too, too strong. And you want to use plants that are aromatic. So plants that have smells, that's going to indicate that there are essential oils. And mm -hmm. that oil will then rise up on the stem and deliver benefits. Okay, so many plants don't have essential oils. And they may have nutrition, minerals, and that would be a good herb to make a tea with and drink, but you don't need to put it in your steam. So that involves a bit of knowledge there. It can also be really simple by grabbing lavender and roses and mugwort is a really common one, oregano, uh, things like this from your garden or your, or your kitchen cabinet and adding hot water and making sure it's the right temperature and sitting for 20 to 30 minutes. So it's more beneficial to use the actual plant itself or the herb rather than the essential oil. Because I think a lot of people would potentially just think, oh, well, I can just use essential oils. I have those on hand. Yeah, great question. I don't recommend doing that. The essential oil is really concentrated. So for example, one drop of rose essential oil has 50 roses. So we much how concentrated they are and the vaginal tissue is very very porous and very sensitive um, and you want to be careful with those delicate tissues so the plants themselves are the plants themselves really are the right way to go oh, I love that I think it's really interesting as well uh, you know how ancient this is and it's basically like pussy tea like it's like you're making this giant pot of like a pussy tea and you're not drinking it but you're allowing your your vagina and your yoni to just like absorb and to drink that in through the steam. I think it's, oh my gosh, I think it's so cool. <laughs> yes. I love the way you said that. Exactly. You drink it in and then you are getting the medicine in two ways. So you're definitely going to be, you know, warming up the vulva and then opening up the tissues there to receive the medicine. So we know like the skin is much more porous than than we kind of understand and give it credit for and then our mucous mm -hmm. membrane even more so so mm -hmm. the essential oils are entering our body and into our bloodstream that way and then the concept that is spoken of by the, like the mayan healer lineage that i learned from is that the steam will soften the cervix if you steam long enough and then there will be the steam traveling up to the uterus. Many people will say, well, physiology says that that's not happening <laughs> because <laughs> the, the closure of like the os is the doorway to the womb and the uterus. Um, and that stays mostly shut. But um, the idea is that the steam can navigate around the spaces to enter into the uterus and bring the volatile oils, essential oils, to that space as well and then create kind of just like a flush and remove 
with that steam, remove some of the old blood that may have accumulated from past menstrual cycles that didn't release properly. Mm -hmm. And that's when we see brown blood, we see past cycles blood or just really slow moving blood that has oxygenated and started to turn from red to brown. So it's moving really, really slow. So that's an indication mm -hmm. of we want to see it more bright red and flowing consistently and in a regular rhythm, not like drizzling, not coming, and then flooding. And, you know, that, that wouldn't be a steady flow. So those are signs to indicate that a seam could be beneficial. Interesting. Okay, so when you refer to the color red, it's like when you get a cut, like the color of red that the blood is coming out from anywhere else. On yeah. Your body kind of thing? yeah, I mean, that would be like to see it that fresh, but yeah, as, oh, okay. as it moves, it will get darker. And then, depending on what kind of like menstrual support, menstrual catching device, catching device, yeah, <laughs> it may be sitting on a pad for a long time, but you know, maybe you're using a glad rag that's red, you can't tell. <laughs> the, the <Yeah>. <laughs> So, yeah, you have to really decide if you want to investigate this, you have to really decide to get in connection with this, this beautiful bodily fluid that we have learned to reject. And it holds information. I've heard it say that our, our period is our report card. And our mm -hmm. is a, a report on how, that, how we've done that cycle um, in terms of nutrition and rest and self-care and stress. It's, it tells us how we're doing. It gives us internal info that comes out of us, which is quite an opportunity to, to read this and then respond. I agree. My own experience, my periods used to be nine days long when I would have them. I would have a period every two weeks, every week, every four days. Like it was just chaotic all over the place. And the first thing that uh, my doctor did when I was, I think I was 13 when I first started having my bleeds boom, slapped me on the birth control pill, things went crazy. And then as you know, like, you know, hormonally, you're not fully developed at that age, and you're trying to process and you're going through school, and there's all the stresses and, you know, peer pressure and all this kind of stuff. And now you're on the pills. And now you have this like external hormonal influence. And then whatever, I finally went off the pill, because uh, that was actually when I got pregnant. I was actually on the pill when I got pregnant. I was like, nope, I'm I'm going off of this. I'm never doing this again. I don't want to be on. I don't want to be on birth control. Then my doctor talked me into trying an IUD, which was even worse. It ended up perforating my uterus, and I had to go in and have it removed. And then because like I was bleeding and bleeding and bleeding, it was three months straight of bleeding, and I was like, what is going on? Like this is so painful. It shouldn't feel like this. And after that, I was like, no, like I, I'm very selective about my partner anyway. And, you know, now I'm married. So that's like, I don't have to be choosy because I, I just get to choose him every day, which is perfect. But yeah, I decided last year that I wanted to figure out what my period was trying to communicate with me because I'm like, there's no way that I can handle having nine day long periods. And they were so heavy and they were painful and they would take me out for like two or three days. So I was like, you know what? Everyone's like talking about free bleeding and like my body, I you know, checked in with my woman. I'm like, what do you want? Like, what can I do to support you? And she was like, no more tampons. I was like, oh, 
you know, because society wants women to have, you know, no panty lines in their jeans and all this shit. And I was just like, you know what? Screw it. I'm, I'm going to order some period panties and, and whatever. And it, my period has shifted so incredibly. Like it's maybe like done, done after five days. Like I get like one or two days of like that heavy bleed and then it sort of tapers off and then it's done. And it's not even painful anymore. I'm like, oh, what? It doesn't have to be painful. <laughs> yes, this is so good. That's a win. Yeah. Good for you. And it takes courage to do something different than what you learned and what you're used to doing, what it feels like everyone else is doing. It really takes courage. Mm-hmm. And it's such a reward. So good. I love the story. Yeah, it's, it's super, super rewarding. And now my next part to figure out is, as you were mentioning, the color. I'm like, as you're talking, I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, oh my gosh, my, my bleeds are like really dark, like really, really dark. I'm like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder, maybe that's why it was like taking nine days because it was like trying to like shed all of this stuff out, but it just couldn't. And now it's still doing that. So yes, it is. There you go. So next step, that's beautiful and so empowering. I feel like this is where it is spiritual medicine for us as we as we rise and grow in our power, feminine energy on the planet. Women, yes, but also just the feminine energy on the planet and that being available to all beings. Um, mm-hmm. And it's about making space and honoring our body and a lot of reclamation of our, mm-hmm. what's best for our health. Yes. And making that choice. So I'm all about weaving together <laughs> different modalities. And there are benefits to the advances in modern medicine. But what's, at the end of the day, you want to do something that works for you. You hear it from mm-hmm. your story and from the story of so many other women that the perforated uterine lining did not work for you. That was not a wellness strategy. You know, your mm-hmm. external fake period and hormones throwing you off, that was not balancing, that was imbalancing. We're being called to what truly works and taking a stand. And mm-hmm. I feel like it's about clearing and uh, decolonizing our womb space from what society has asked us to put there. And we're just saying, no, <laughs> I will decide what to put there and I'm gonna go with uh, herbs <laughs> and just like simple, Simple ways of really seeing what's true. What does my blood look like? Like, let's re-bleed. Like, let's not do tampons. <laughs> and mm-hmm. Or what is the other one? Diva cup? Like the little insectable cups. Mm-hmm. Diva cups are wonderful. Um, that gives you a chance to really see the blood. And you're taking it even, even further to work with that blood ritualistically. And a lot of women are making arts with their blood. And that's super beautiful. Whatever. The facials, the period facials. <laughs> um, I feel like part of the healing is choosing to connect with with this part of our feminine energy that's so potent and has been mm-hmm. drained and thrown in the trash. And we are remembering its power and bringing it close to us, feeling it safe. Yes, I feel there is such a huge disconnect and many, many people are on the reconnection path, which is beautiful. The um, sacredness of our womb 
you know, if you think about it and you just momentarily contemplate what is capable, like what your womb and your body are capable of doing, like it is the creatrix of life and death. Like it has, your body has the ability to reproduce, which I mean, if that's not the great creator, you know, showing his magic and like the most, you know, microscopic way, I don't know what it is. I think it's incredible. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, so true. So mm. this area really has been suffering. And, you know, to think of even like hysterectomies and the and just removing this part of women, this magical part of our world, you know, it's women, but just it's the collective entry point to the planet. It's very sacred. And to reorient, it's a very powerful transition and transformation to reorient mm -hmm. to seeing what we think of as like only useful if you're going to have a baby, <laughs> really <laughs> annoying one day a month and full of pain. And so no wonder we're uh, emotionally disconnected and kind of resentful. Um, oh. by bringing bringing the shift and opening up to the power in our womb we're we're really creating such a gift for ourselves um, not only a relief from pain but yeah opening to so much power and this is an area where we create from we, we create more than just babies we, we create our lives and mm -hmm. we, we, um, we have also great intuition sitting in this place great wisdom Yes, womb wisdom. <laughs> yeah, so we can tune in, like, you know, you say gut feelings. It's this, this area of our belly and our womb um, that has a knowing. You spoke about that when you said you, you asked your womb what she wanted, and she said no tampons. <laughs> so, oh yeah, we have, we have such a great language from our body. We just have to, like, learn the language. We have a great opportunity Yes, I agree. I agree. And, you know, to your point about the um, resentment and, you know, the distaste for, for our bleed and for like our cycle, I'm really excited to see that women are starting to shift into a more feminine honoring way and a, a more honorable position for themselves and recognizing, you know, exactly that this is not just a place for me to create babies and it's not just a place that I bleed from once a month. It is also a place where my actual creativity, you know, connects me with my higher self. It connects me not just to myself and to my higher self, but also to the earth. I remember last summer, someone shared, I think it was a poem. The only piece that stood out to me was to put your pussy on the earth. So, you know, when you're feeling like crazy and you don't know what to do, and uh, for me in particularly, uh, it's when I'm on my bleed, you go outside and you just like, you just sit on the earth and you just allow yourself to be held by the great mother. Oh my gosh, my experience when I did that, I was just blown away. I was like, wow, okay, so my problems are really small compared to the grand scheme of things. And also... This feels so nice to be held by the mother, like the great mother earth. I was just like, <sighs> and I just like totally melted and just felt that connection to her and just gave all my thanks to her and everything that she does for me. And I'm sure it's the same, you know, with your, your beautiful gift and connection to herbs. It's a way to give back and to say, thank you. Like I see you, I see the benefit of this and this and this and how it benefits me as a human being. And I just, I, I think it's absolutely 
magic what you are doing. <laughs> you too. Yes, that's a great story. We uh, we have these polarities, and we have them in our body. We have we have them, um, you know, in terms of the sky and the Earth Mother that you connected with and got so grounded with. And this is like how we began our talk today. We were speaking about our mind and the consciousness and thoughts, and there's a lot of magic there. And then we can also get lost up in in thought and obsessed and absorbed in our mind and spinning. Mm -hmm. So we really have an opportunity to, to ground in doing things like sitting on the earth as well <laughs> as the steam really brings a lot of attention and reconnection just by bringing the steam to this part of our body. It's the root of our body. So it represents the earth um, and our mind represents thinking thought and air. So we're able to bring this kind of antidote, this like counterbalance. We need both, but we need to have harmony. So yes. sitting on the yes. earth and doing it seems to creates that harmony yes. dropping into the root of our body, letting all that crazy mind stuff <laughs> yeah. through and be released and absorbed. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So Christina, we've talked a lot about the benefits of yoni steaming. Can you talk about some of the contraindications or things that people need to be mindful of? Yeah, great question. That's really important. It is an accessible, simple practice, but it's very, very much contraindicated during certain times. So you don't want to steam during menstruation. So it's very supportive for your menstrual cycle if you're doing it just before or just after, but not during. And you don't want to steam during pregnancy. But if you're working to conceive, um, it can help with fertility. However, you want to be careful to do it just at the first part of the cycle. But at ovulation and beyond, you want to stop the steam in case that you have conceived. Um, you also want to avoid during, um, well, if you have an IUD present, if you have pelvic inflammatory disease, and if you have a acute infection, a vaginal infection, such as um, yeast in particular, or BB, which is bacterial diagnosis. Okay. Uh, okay. Yeah. So is it because it could open up? Because it opens up the pores, like it could like amplify what's going on, kind of thing uh, around the infection portion. Or it's really a matter of the heat and dampness of the steam and recurring ah, okay. infections. Recurring infections, we say, um, are a sign of damp heat in the body as a constitutional kind of imbalance or tendency. It's a damp heat. Okay. And steam is introducing more of that. So you just want to reconsider it if you have that going on and probably avoid frequent steams. There, there can be some strategies to do it in a gentle way, but on the whole, I'd say it's not indicated or useful. What about women with like polycystic ovarian syndrome or, you know, you mentioned at the beginning, tilted uteruses or anything like that? Like, is, are there any contraindications for that or is that sort of... The purpose no, of doing <laughs> For those scenarios, it's supportive. Wonderful. Yeah, and also um, if you're having a lot of bleeding, because the steam helps to activate and move and mobilize the blood. Mm -hmm. If you're in a situation where that's happening, um, and you know maybe you're steaming for days on end, you're having hemorrhaging, of course, but maybe just a lot of blood during your menstrual cycle, like you bleed too much that's um, not a time to seem. Thank you for asking that. 
So I just would like to ask Christina, are there any final words of wisdom, anything else that you would like to share and how can people get in contact with you? Yeah, lovely. Thank you. I've just really enjoyed the conversation and feel excited about the opening and expansion of women and and the unity here. So just like us connecting and talking and being all about advocating for each other in terms of the work we're doing and the personal healing journey that we're all on. I feel like the connection is the medicine and we all have our own medicine. Um, Thank you for for bringing me to to your community and onto your podcast. And, and I just urge us all to, to open up and connect with each other, connect with ourselves in any way that that you feel ready and called to do next. So I have a website, botanica.com, also an Instagram account, the same at fanbotanica. You're welcome to follow me there and check out what I'm up to. I'll be doing some virtual Unistein gatherings this year in 2021, time of this recording for in 2021, and that's going to be a great joy. So check out my calendar and welcome to dm me with any questions about that yeah it's been a an absolute divine pleasure to connect with you and i'm so grateful for all of the abundance of information that you have shared with all of our listeners and viewers and i'm just so my heart is just so full getting to share in this space and to share in this energy with you and thank you for just being you thank you thank you thank you christina (laughs) thank you yes (laughs) It's a treasure to get to know you and all that you're up to in the world. And I really appreciate you as well. Thank you so much, sister.